it is rather a long way up onto the stage every time, so uh, hopefully this is the last time I have to make that, that move up there. I feel like um, at this point of the service, it's only fair that everyone sat on this side, switches place with everyone sat on this side, so you get an even tan, so you're not all... Though you'll still be in the sun, but it'll just be on that side. So, you know, just so you're not more tan on one side than the other, so... So um, I want us to talk a little bit here this morning, and uh, this is a big challenge for any preacher to have to preach with grills cooking burgers and brats in the background, and that smell wafting its way. So I'm going to work my hardest to, to keep your attention, but to keep it short and sweet here this morning. So, um, but I was thinking, man, it's Father's Day. It'd be great if I could speak about something that really kind of tied in with the idea of Father's Day. And... Um, just to kind of set up what I want to speak about, I'll tell you a story. So Casey, my wife, uh, we've been married 18 years now. But before we were married, she was actually part of a ministry program that I was in charge of called Ace Teams. Uh, that's actually how we met. So uh, on Ace Teams, she would work for a year, and they would, we would train them in uh, kind of ministry skills. And then she worked with different churches around the states and around the country for a month at a time. And one of those churches that she went to work with, it was down in East St. Louis. It was a real challenging kind of urban ministry kind of place. And uh, really stretched her a lot, and it was a real challenge. And, and while they were there, they, they did all sorts of community service projects and different things. And, and one day they sent them out door to door in the neighborhoods to give out flyers and to, to promote the church. Now, obviously, these are very scary neighborhoods, you know, so they were kind of with a person in the church. And, and Casey and another team member named Sean, they went out together and they were hitting these homes door to door. And there was a little bit of anxiety as they went from door to door. But my wife's brilliant and she prayed and she was trusting that God was going to be with her. So, so they went up to these different doors and they would knock and they'd give a flyer. And, and one particular house they went up to, as they went up the steps, the front of the house, right as they got to the door, they went to knock and there was this, this really loud dog barking and then the dog just kind of breaks through the door and just starts running towards her and Sean. Well, fortunately, Sean was a big guy. You know, he was a lot bigger than Casey. So uh, he was obviously built to protect her. Well, Sean, he grabs Casey and pushes her so that he can get like a little bit of a head start as he starts running towards the front gate. Casey's, so not only does Casey not get to run, but she's even pushed towards the dog. Finally, about 10 minutes later, she catches up with Sean three blocks away. You know, he's still running. She's like, dude, what? He's like, I'm sorry, I get scared of dogs. I, I didn't, I just panicked. And she's like, you threw me into the dog. I mean, you, you sacrificed me to save yourself. So I want to talk about this idea this morning of security because at that moment, I think Casey was kind of hoping that Sean would be her security and he was quite the opposite. He uh, was no security to her whatsoever. But I was thinking about dads and the role that we play as dads. And the reality is, I think, is this my mic? Is the wind's picking this up, Justin? He's not there, but I, or is it this one here? I could turn this off in case it's this one, so, but it might be me. No, I think it's me. Yeah, it's me. All right, I'll keep going. So um, I had this thought, you know, about security and about the role that dads play. You see, if you remember growing up, probably, you know, there were different roles that mum played in your life, but dad, he was that security. He's who kept you safe, made you feel safe. I've got three wonderful children, Ben, Will, and Emma, and uh, I think they look to me for different things, but I think security is one of those things. 
This amazing thing happened just recently. I was, um, I was, uh, I'd got up in the morning, I was sat, and uh, Emma came down, and she came and sat next to me on the couch, and she said, Dad, I had a really scary dream last night. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, honey. What, what was it about? She goes, well, I was in the basement, and you were with me, and there was, there was someone upstairs, and I don't know who it was, but they were a scary person, and, and you said, you stay here. I'm going to go up and check this out. And she said, I remember saying, no, Dad, don't go up. Don't leave me down here by myself. And you said, no, you need to stay here. And you went up the stairs, and, and you didn't come back down. And she's telling me this dream. She starts to cry. She's like, Dad, you didn't come back down. You left me in the basement. And, and I was almost tearing up just seeing her response, you know, and this idea that she wasn't as much fearful of whatever it was upstairs as she was of me leaving her, of me leaving her alone in the basement. That's kind of the role us dads play when, it, when you think of Father's Day. In fact, to be honest, maybe Father's Day this morning is a little bit difficult for you. Maybe for you, it's a time of remembering a dad who's no longer with us. But maybe you, you had a difficult upbringing. Maybe dad wasn't there. Or maybe dad was there, but he just wasn't really present. And maybe you see that play out now in your life in the form of security. Because like Emma, just deep down inside of us, we want to know that, that dad is there for us. I know I'm looking around the, the, the tent this morning. I know a few of you, and I know some of these young dads out there, and I know that, that responsibility we feel and, and fathers-to-be, you know, this, this idea that one day we are going to be that security to our kids. It's a really big role. You know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there was a, a guy by the name of Abraham. You've probably heard of him. He's uh, a big character in, in Jewish history. He's kind of the, the father of the faith. And, and Abraham, he was a very old man. And God promised Abraham that he was going to have a son of his own. And years and years and years went by and he still hadn't had a son. And then, then finally him and his wife, they become pregnant and they have this son called Isaac. It's the answer to, to Abraham's prayers and dreams. He's finally got this son that he desperately wanted. And, and his son has grown. He was probably a young teenager at the time. And one day God says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son. And I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to kill your son on the altar for me. Now, when I read that story, that, that just really doesn't kind of make any sense. I'm like, God, why would you do that? Why would you make Abraham do that? But Abraham loved God. The Bible says that he trusted God. So early the next morning, he got up and he took everything with him that he would need. Because in those days, you would make sacrifices of, of lambs to, um, to connect your relationship with God. So he took everything that he would need for a sacrifice and he took Isaac with him. I wonder if as Abraham was walking up to that place where the sacrifice would take place, I wonder if he was thinking, God, what are you doing here? I waited all this time for this son of mine, and, and now that he's here, you're saying, I've got to take his life? This doesn't make sense. I wonder if Abraham started to wrestle with some ideas of thinking, you know, all this guy's life as he's grown up, as I've seen him become a, a young man, it's been my role to be his security. You imagine living in that day. I mean, there were so many different threats on the lives of children, sickness, wild animals, you um, enemies coming in and attacking and killing off uh, family members. So Abraham probably was already struggling with the idea of, of feeling like, I've got to provide my son with the security that he needs. And then in that moment, he's the one who has to take that away. He's the one who has to give up Isaac's life. I wonder if Abraham thought, you know what? 
in all reality, as hard as you can prepare, there's, can prepare, there's no such thing as a guarantee when it comes to security. I can do everything in my power to keep my son or my daughter alive. I can do everything I can to provide them security. But because of the world that we live in, there's nothing that we can do to guarantee security. There's nothing we can do to guarantee safety. Now, security is a good thing. I was, uh, I was out of town a couple of weeks ago. I got to go to Colorado for a few days. And uh, when I left, I flew out of Denver Airport. And uh, as you've probably seen on the news right now, the security lines are crazy. So I went all through security and I got through the metal detectors and I got on at Denver. There's like a little train you ride, a terminal. I got on my little train and got all the way to where I had to be. And, and fortunately, I had plenty of time because as I got off the train, and this is something you just really want to have, have, have happen in your life. As I got off the train in this really busy international airport, I hear, along with everyone else in the airport, will Dave Jane please return to security? Dave Jane, please return to security. I'm like, no way. <laughs> it was like four or five friends of mine who were flying out from Denver at that time. They were all texting me, dude, we just heard them say your name over the, you need to go to security. I'm like, I know, I know. So I get back on the other train. It takes me all the way back. I get back and when I get off, I realize I can't actually get to security. I can only get back out into the terminal. I'm like, oh, so I ask you guys, like, I don't want to go outside of security. He's like, there's no way. You've got to go back out and come back through the line. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I come all the way out. I get back in the line. I get all the way up to the front. The TSA guy says, I need to see your boarding pass and your ID. Well, I've realized at this point that the reason they've called me back is because I've left my driving license behind. When I got everything out of the bin, I forgot my driving license and I realized it wasn't in my wallet. So I get to the front of the line. He's like, I need your boarding pass and ID. I was like, well, here's my boarding pass. My ID is somewhere over there. That's why I'm here because they just called my name over the... He's like, okay, wait there. He goes and gets the guy. The guy comes up. He goes back, finds my license. He looks at it. He says, what's your name? I'm like, David Jane. He goes, what's your address? I'm like, dude, my face is on that picture. How much more confirmation do you need? That's me. He's like, I need your address. 600. So I'm giving them my address. I'm going through everything. He's like, okay, checks out. You're, I was like, can I just come through now? He's like, yes, they let me through. And as I'm walking to go back through the metal detectors, the guy calls me back. He's like, uh, sir, can you come back? I was like, what now? So I come back. And there's another guy stood the other side of security. He's like, I need to see your license again. So I give it to him and he takes it and looks at it. He walks up to the other guy. He looks at the other guy. He asks him a question. He comes back and he gives it to me. I said, what was that about? He goes, oh, well, that guy's name is David James. He had also got through and he thought that we said, David James, <laughs> come back to security. So so I'm kind of walking around and I see him go back and say, no, sir, we don't need you. And I just see this look of anger <laughs> on his face that he's gone all the way back around, gone through the same. But as I got on that airplane, all the frustrations of going through security, if you've flown at all, there's still a part of you that thinks, but you know what? I think I would rather they go through all this to give me that feeling of security as I fly than not have any security and be worried about what might happen. But the reality is, even with all those security checks, things still happen because there's no such thing as guaranteed security. So as followers of Jesus this morning, if you're here this morning and Jesus is the, the center of your life, 
then like David in the Old Testament, you might say something like this. David wrote in Psalms 18, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. David is saying, man, when when I look at God, I think of him as my fortress, my protector, my security. In the same way that if you're a dad this morning here and you feel that compulsion to want to provide security for your kids, so our Heavenly Father, like David says, wants to give us that same kind of security. But just like the airplanes, just like life, there's no such thing as guaranteed security. So God took security to the next level. And instead of just security, God went to sacrifice. God took security and took it to sacrifice. I know that if you're a dad here this morning, you know what that's like. Have you ever sat with your kid and you've seen them just so sick and they're, they're crying? Maybe they're ill and there's something wrong with them. And there's everything in you just wishes you could change places with them. I would do anything right now to take your sickness upon me because it breaks my heart to see you in pain and sad and confused. And I wish I could be sick instead of you. That's, that's the, the heart of sacrifice. You know, the wonderful thing about the story of Abraham is when he got to the place of killing his son, the Bible says that he was about to go through with it. An angel from God appeared and said, stop. And all of this was God wanting to test the faith of Abraham to see just how much Abraham trusted God. God said, truly, I can see that you trust me with everything in your life. And because of this, for generations and generations, you will be known as as the father of faith. People will look to you, Abraham, as an example of what it's like to have 100% faith in God. So God didn't make Abraham sacrifice his son. In fact, instead, there was a sheep nearby with its head caught in the bushes. He said, you see that sheep? Sacrifice that instead. And when we read that story, instead of Abraham's son being sacrificed to God, that day Abraham sacrificed a sheep to God. You know, our Father, God, did the same thing for us. He wants us to know that as followers of Jesus, we can have security in our lives, to know that He's watching over us. But the reality is we live in a world of sickness and destruction and evil and death. And there's no such thing as guaranteed security. But what God did give us was sacrifice. He sent a lamb as well for us. The Bible says that Jesus was the lamb of God. He was sacrificed in our place. So this morning, we could have that kind of security, knowing that God loved us so much. He's like a heavenly father that wanted us to experience security, but experience it through sacrifice. That because Jesus died on a cross, we can have a relationship with him. We can know security, but we can know it through sacrifice. This morning, you can find ultimate security in your heavenly Father. The security of knowing that he will be with you every moment of your day, every moment of your life. And you can have security this morning knowing that because of his sacrifice, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Not even death itself can separate us anymore from the love of God because of how much our Heavenly Father loved us. He provided not just security, but He provided sacrifice too. Let's pray together, shall we?
Father, on this Father's Day today, I know that there could be mixed emotions here in the tent this morning. There could be some who are thinking of a father who's no longer here, or some who are thinking of a relationship with a father that just wasn't the best. Maybe there are others who are looking at their own lives as fathers thinking, I wish I'd been more of this, or I wish I'd done more of that. But Lord, I pray that every one of us, dads, mums, young people, old alike, I pray that we can look to you as our heavenly father, whatever our earthly father in this world looks like, good or bad, that we can look to you as our heavenly father and realize, Lord, that you provide the security that we so desperately desire. And the Father, the greatest way that you could show us that security was through sacrifice. In the same way that Abraham was, was given a lamb instead of having to sacrifice his son, Lord, you sent a lamb in Jesus. And that sacrifice means that we can have a relationship with you. So God, I pray for all here this morning, those that know you and those that are still on a journey of trying to th figure things out. On this Father's Day, I pray, Lord, that they would come to know you as their heavenly Father. They would experience the love and the security and the sacrifice that our Heavenly Father gave for us. And now, Lord, help us to have a fantastic time together, I pray, as we sit and eat together and drink together and just have fun together this morning. Lord, I just pray that um, you'll be with each and every one of us. Thank you for this food. Thanks that we can just enjoy time with one another. And I pray for the families here that they have a great day today. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>